Hello, social media family, and welcome to Hashtag Verse TV, week 158. I'm Aaron Mack, and I'm here with some good friends who will introduce themselves right after I give the song that's in my mind right now. And outside of the intro music, the song that's in my mind right now is none other than one of my favorites of all time, Waiting for a Star to Fall by Boy Meets Girl. I have loved that song for decades, honestly, because it came out a long time ago. But that's me. And next up, we will go to our good friend, Chrissy Marie. Hello, everyone. It's Chrissy Marie. And the song that's in my mind is 1979, because the Smashing Pumpkins are awesome. Yes, I, I, I remember that song. And I was like, because it came out when I was a little kid, when we were little kids. And I was like, is that song like from 1979? But no, it's just called 1970. Anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, Kevin. Hi, everybody. This is... Kevin and the song that's been on my mind, granted, like what roughly twelve years old, but um, still standing by Monica was one of my all-time favorite artists. Oh, oh yeah, right, wonderful. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins is my favorite too, but the one that's in my head, sweater weather, the neighborhood. But there was a theme song in my head, too, from one of those shows. That one that says, I'll be there for you. I don't want to sing it from that one that one show. Friends. It was just ringing, ringing. <laughs> but that's all. Right? Yeah. I'll be there for you. When the I think it's that one. Fall. Yeah, uh, that one. Where that was. <laughs> friends. Gotcha. Cool. How are you guys doing today? We're all doing well, right? <laughs> Thumbs up. All right, so let's get this show on the road. And hashtag Verse TV, week 158. Our first topic is coming from at Hollywood Unlocked, and it is... Like, my husband is my best friend. I have good time when he understands me. Sometimes I don't want to talk. I don't feel like being touched. I don't want to be bothered. Like having sex frequently is overrated as a married couple. It's kind of like we spend so much time together when we do whatever we decide to do. It's really meaningful. Does you know? he ever tell you no? No, but he's never pressed. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's always like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> you know? All right, and this is In My Mind, part one of six. It's all in my mind today. And as part of the course of In My Mind questions, we will answer, and this is an In My Mind plus question. So we're answering the question of what's in your mind after you just heard that and how do you have a personal connection story to it? And the plus section is 
right here and I ask, why might sex change after a marriage? And can less sex with your committed partner be more meaningful when it does happen and why? All right. And three. Okay, I'll go first. And I will say uh, for myself, because, well, what I need to do is put three minutes on the clock. Sorry, y'all. Okay, for myself, I, I used to feel like I have a very high sex drive. And so much so to the point that I, I'm being too honest with you all, but I, I used to kind of feel like maybe my high sex drive is unique. And maybe that's just because I'm supposed to have a really high sex drive and have a lot of sex, but it wasn't a high sex drive that I, I wasn't having a lot of sex. It was just... Anyway, it was just, I was in my 20s, and th that's what I felt. But now I realize I have a comparatively very low actual sex drive. And as it relates to this, I hmm, settle into minimal sex routine. I, I, I can see myself doing that, settling into a uh, minimal sex routine with my partner because I really don't have a high sex drive and some people I, I've heard demand like the woman should always give the man sex whenever he wants whatever she feels like and I'm like I don't agree with that I do feel that a sexual match is important in the connection and while I do want all relationships to work I, I do I hope that that video is not something that Money Long looks back on years later and is like, yeah, that's why we're in divorce court because I didn't give up the sex when he wanted, even though he seemed like he was fine. But I, I've dealt with men who seem like they were fine and they're not. So sometimes it, it is what it is. But finding a good match is important. Um, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully uh, everything works out well with him. I have a few more seconds, so, so I'm just going to wrap this up. But, um, yeah, it would be nice for... I feel that for myself, I have, again, a relatively low sex drive. And as I've mentioned in previous shows, I, I like routine i do and i can see myself settling into a nice comfy routine with my husband and um you know whatever that entails um a lot of sex or no might sex uh and answer the doggone question why might sex change after marriage because people settle into routine and actually that was the answer to the question oh all right that's it and next, we will go to Chrissy Marie. 
So in my mind, after hearing the question or, or hearing that statement, um, I agree. I, I think she, you know, hit something that people don't talk about um, as far as, uh, you know, not being pressed for sex in marriage because you have you have time for that. Um, and it is more meaningful when it's kind of not every single day or like every sp spontaneous moment. Although um, I have a very high sex drive and I know that about myself, um, definitely compatibility uh, with that is, is very important for me. Uh, additionally, so is meaningful, so are meaningful connections. So um, I, I like romance, you know, that's better than sex. Somebody who actually adores me and cares about holding my hand and hugging me and holding me, those things are, you know, more important in my mind. Um, also, um, I, li I, I like I like what she said because it sounded like a mature woman. You know, when you're married, hopefully you're married and you're you're both mature people uh, who are responsible. And um, that being said, you both have things to do, so you don't always have time. Uh, sometimes just resting together is enough to create an intimacy that sex. Uh, could never help reach those heights. It could help, but it could never. It's, it's not the same connection. So when when sex does happen, it should happen naturally, and uh, it would it definitely would be more meaningful at that point in my mind. And uh, can I? Uh, why might sex change after marriage? Well, because y'all have more bills to pay for. Y'all have bills. Y'all might have children. Y'all might have pets. You might have businesses. You might <laughs> you might have things that take time away from just banging all the time. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, like a, a I'm gonna I'm gonna just allude to the late great uh, John Witherspoon with his famous line, "Bang, bang, bang." You know, um, that's great and all, but we have things to do. Uh, we have to, ha you know, appropriate the time to do those things uh, because there are deadlines to be met. So um, why be pressed when you're married and committed and it's there? Oh, that's right. And Kevin? They've got it. Um, yeah, um, sorry, hold on, because I lost what I was about to say. Um, I was going to say from, uh, strictly from a male standpoint, I don't think that sex is extremely avoided, um, However, it's frequent 
when both parties are younger. <laughs> and that makes a huge difference. Um, my reaction to it, that I'm honestly not surprised is just the fact that typically younger adults are really sexual. All right. And Jasmine? Um, it might change because how people, you know, how they might just personally feel for whatever reason, like anything else, or say they take on something else, like hours at a current job or get a new job or a new thing to do and and they don't want to do it or something like that. That's the only reason I, you know, think it would change a little. Uh, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's oh, all I had. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> and I will take a one minute and say... I, I do feel that sexual drive compatibility is very important. Um, and I, I, I even mention or remember my time experience dating people with much higher sex drives and how that can cause trouble if their sexual needs are not being met. So it's important to get with somebody who has an equal sex drive, which sort of leads to a, oh man, we're talking all about religion and stuff, but people kind of knowing each other's sex drive in advance, it's important to know it a anyway. But um, I, I also wanted to say, sometimes people can be a, uh, older and still have that high sex drive. And that's just all of my, my one minute is response to Chrissy Marie and Kevin. All right. Anybody else want a one minute? Yes. So I can't reference where I read this, but I read an article that um, for guys, it's not necessary for you to ejaculate a lot. Um, otherwise, it can cause depression. It's been linked to depression, so it's not <laughs> it's not really necessary, you know. Like I, I don't know. Maybe it, in my mind, as a woman, it's more of a quality over quantity type deal, um, you know. And yeah, younger people they're gonna go they're gonna go at it like jackrabbits. Older people are gonna be tired because <laughs> they busy <laughs> they're busy so you know I, I that's it that's all i gotta say all right jasmine kevin either one of you want a one minute all right cool beans our next topic and that was coming from 
Money Long's obvious interview, M-U-N-I-L-O-N-G, interview on Hollywood Unlocked, the podcast, Hollywood Unlocked. Now, our next topic is coming from... My name. Actually, before I play it, I'll say his name. Coming from our friend at North Star Entertainment, Ken Williams, and... North Stars, N-O-R-T-H-S-T-A-R-R. This was one of his posts. My neighborhood really was just poor black and poor white. And uh, so I hear a lot about white privilege, and I'm like, fuck, man. Missed that. <laughs> I mean, I knew some motherfuckers with sweaters, okay? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you know? But I was two tank tops in the winter. And my black friends will get mad at me, man. Like, man, look what you did to us, man. Look what you did to us. Like, bro, do you think I would do all that shit and move right next door, bro? <laughs> now, we gonna split these plums or not, man? Fucking, like, we're down here together, dude. You think I took all your shit and just don't have it? <laughs> Somebody else has both of our shit. And they're watching us fight over it. All right, and this is In My Mind, part two. And again, it came from North Star Entertainment, N-O-R-T-H-S-T-A-R-R, Entertainment One. And as far as the page. And... It's an in my mind question, no plus. So we're just answering what we think about it and how it connects to us, basically. All right. All right, I'll go first. And I will put, uh, oh, okay, yeah. Three minutes on the clock. And I'll say yes. He aligns with my philosophy absolutely. Like that's what piqued my interest, P-I-Q-U-E-D, my interest in this post because I'm like, that aligns with me completely. And to quote the astounding George Carlin, I will say that George Carlin, in one of his specials, he was like, folks, they are fishbowling us. And I'm like, yes, because we have to see that we, we, we have much more in common. And who is they? The powers that be. But anyway, I will also say systemic racism is a real thing that can't be ignored. And it, it, it is very much embedded in our culture. And I remember Jane Elliott, who is also an astounding woman, who did the uh, blue-eyed, brown-eyed test years ago, decades ago at this point. And she said, in this world, it's really hard not to be racist. You have to be very deliberate to not be. And I added to that, that that's part of the reason I, I love my church so much, because we acknowledge that and we do work to 
not be that way. We acknowledge that it could be easy to slip into the wrong way, a, a less affirming, accepting way of being, and that you have to be conscious, cognizant uh, of yourself and your own actions. And I, I feel that my church is like a diverse microcosm of how the world should be. In closing, yeah, they're fishbowling us and we outnumber them, but I'm not going to go into all of that right now, but yeah, they're fishbowling us. We've got to see, see our commonalities, see that we're in this thing together, which is exactly what he was saying. He's like, at the end, when, when he said, um, oh, and, and I thought this was, was so cool. He's like, you think I would do all of this to, to you and move right next door? Like, okay, we're all in this together. You, you think I'd steal all your stuff and just not have it? Because, yeah, at the end of the day, we're all in this thing together. Anyway, that's my conclusion. And next will be Kevin. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, the entire situation that, well, one, first off, he's funny. Um, but secondly, um, he was making a very valid point about race. Like, for me, I've always been open to meeting new people, even when I was a kid. And race, really, when I was a kid, didn't mean chat. <laughs> Okay. All right. And uh, Jasmine. I don't know the. I don't know what to say because I don't know a specific thing. Sorry, but yeah, I don't know what to say about it. Okay. I think it's kind of like not real crazy. I don't know like a particular question, but like I don't I don't know right now. <laughs> oh right, Chrissy Marie. Well, I grew up in the hood <laughs> and a brother next door gonna have himself even after he took it. <laughs> um I digress from that. But yes, if, if, if I agree with you, Aaron. We all coexist. We're not too much different, you know. Especially if you grew up having nothing, or having very little, or having parents who worked, and you know, you still struggle. You know, my mom was on welfare. <laughs> I lived in the projects. Reality. You know, there was a diverse community where I came from. And I don't know, 
uh, some some issues, of course, he can't talk about because he don't know it <laughs> because he's who he is, right? Um, I'm mixed. I've I've witnessed a lot of things and you know observed a lot of things uh, in the community in in the in the community in which I grew up and um, at which was the projects. It was the projects. It was a project. <laughs> and um, yeah, you're more, most. They were most likely to get jacked by somebody who lived right next door to them who were who was the same race and will have their stuff sitting right in their house so you know it's not so i i get it it's really it's really funny when you're a person who comes from love and kindness and you understand that we're all we are all in this together no matter how different we are um it just is what it is. Like, you can't judge a book by its cover. And yes, yeah, systemic racism is something that's passed down, you know, from people who hate and who teach their generations after them to hate. So, um, definitely, uh, you know, laughing is my most favorite thing to do. So, I definitely appreciate the comedy. But, you know, the, the the underlying message is that, you know, we all have differences and we all want the same thing, which is to be successful, to be happy, you know, to be loved and to love, hopefully. That's my answer. All right. And I will take a one minute and say, ah, and I, I think both of these points are, whoops, speaking to what you said, Chrissy Marie, and uh, part of what I love about Baltimore is Baltimore, and, and this connects to what you said and what he said in his post, Baltimore is actually diverse all through, like the I don't like using the term under or lower class, but the uh, poor all live together, all different races. The working class all, all live together, all different races. The middle class all live together, all different races and like beautiful houses and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is like the Dr. Martin Luther King dream realized. Um, so I, I, I love, Baltimore. Baltimore is my favorite metro. Maryland's my favorite state. Ohio's trying to come up, y'all. Ohio's coming up. And as far as crime, yeah, crime is committed by people in, in their same areas because it's often based on uh, space and opportunity. Who is closest to you? Anyway, all right. Anybody else want a one minute? Okay, I, I I thought Kevin was waving. And our next topic is coming for, oh, this one. Oh, and I wanted to get his name, I'm sorry. But, um. She made me feel safe. 
that where I can like go, okay, it, it, something may hurt, but I don't have to, I will not. I was clear in me that I will not put these walls back up because then I feel like I'm going against what God has had put in store for me. This wonderful woman who can take care of my heart. It's scary and it takes time. So some changes have to be made on both of our parts. And um, I think I can say now that she understands that um, she don't have to fight me. She, don't, she no longer has to deal with those demons that she had to deal with before. Now she can live and love on me the way she wants to, by giving me her heart. She made me feel safe. And I will give you my heart. And I will always be true to you. So that post came from at Lost Black Boy. And it's coming from his book entitled Queer Love in Color. And Jamal is his first name. I actually have his book and I apologize, but I, I wasn't able to pull it up, pull up his book full name in the uh, break that we had, but Jamal is, is his first name and the book is entitled Queer Love and Color. It's a beautiful book, lovely story, um, lovely series of stories and um, of people sharing their love. Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, was somebody going first? Yeah, I just want to say, I in my mind, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Somebody, you accept somebody accepting your heart and you're willingly giving it. And that's beautiful. And, and they love you for that. And they, I like, so what they said, both of them was very powerful that uh, her, I, I don't know their names, but um, the one the one statement, she doesn't have to fight me. That's something that I can definitely relate to as a woman who's been in relationships with men. Uh, it's always like, it's not even like a power struggle, but uh, because I'm I'm powerful and I know that, but if I'm entertaining a man who doesn't know that, then they're struggling with my power in my mind. And I don't struggle with that. So, you know, if it, it, it takes it takes a it, it takes a lot for a person to just accept your heart and the in the power of who you are. You know, without being opposite in in an opposing type of uh, energy or vibration just because they want to have some type of control or, you know, succumb to some type of role, which is okay. You know, that's it's not negative, but it's still, you know, not something that people who love each other should ever have to put each other through or deal with from their lifelong partner or from a, you know, a committed partner. 
So I, I, in my mind, it's beautiful. Um, that's my reaction. And, and why? Why not? It's beautiful. This love, you know, it's natural. It's genuine. It's intentional. And um, the life experience that I've had that connects to this. Um, I have a lot of really awesome friends and especially over the past year, I have been meeting a lot of incredible people that I would have never met um, had I, you know, isolated myself, which is my, you know, that's my go-to when I, I feel like, ah, but why? For what? I love to love. So, you know, just just the friend, the friendships that I have, the friendships that I value. That's how I connect to what you know what was said here, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's my answer. All right, and I will say, I want that. Um, dot at the end of the sentence. That's my new way of saying period. Dot at the end of the sentence. And I, I will say I have been praying Viola's prayer and uh, telling people I, I've been praying Viola's prayer. And Viola's prayer, Viola Davis said that, that she prayed for a gorgeous thick chocolate man. And next thing you know, not next thing you know, but in time, he was delivered and they have been married and they are in love. And and yes, me, that's what I want. And um, I have been watching actually, actually I know Kevin Samuels, a, a little extra, um, our friend Lavish D Lucky One from the Everything and Then Some podcast, which he co-hosts with Just Jair explained that, you know, Kevin Samuels actually isn't as bad as people make him to be. And watching his stuff, I'm like, oh, wow, you know? And also, I love the fact that the majority of the women who call his show looking for advice are between their mid-30s and mid-40s. And I'm like, I'm smack in the middle of that. So the advice that he's giving them as another individual who wants a man, I, I'm like, I, I can apply this stuff to my life because it's not too late. And um, interestingly enough, at breakfast this morning, I, I, I watched one of his shows that he featured Eartha Kitt and Diane Carroll as examples of beautiful, strong women who admittedly had to live their last days alone because even Diane Carroll, who, who we featured videos from her on this show, she, in an interview with Oprah Winfrey at, at the, toward the end of her time, she was like, I realized that I'm hard to live with. So that's why it's just me and my dog. And it's like, Wow. And it makes me wonder, like, well, am I tough? 
And then I say, well, maybe I should retry some of uh, go and try again at places that didn't work before. And I think about my best friend who's like, I never walk backwards. Then I'm like, but sometimes maybe you need to, maybe you need to, meaning me. Um, but in thinking about Kevin Samuels, it's like maybe sometimes it's just an issue of you need to make that match work no matter what, as long as it's non-abusive, just together work through it, you know, work through the honeymoon stage. Anyway, I, I, I did that thing again where I took too many notes and just ran over time. Anyway, um, next is Jasmine. And bear in mind, when I say next is, like anybody can volunteer, but I, if nobody volunteers, I'll just pick. Jasmine? I think it's sweet. Um, I don't have much to say about it, but I think um, it's sweet and stuff. And yeah, I, I want love too. <laughs> I know that's right. All right, Chrissy Marie. I answered first. Oh, you did answer first. I'm sorry. But Kevin, it's your, uh, uh, it's your turn, Kevin. I, um, I would say, um, actually, I was going to directly respond to you, Aaron, um, based on what you said. One thing I really said to myself years ago is that like when it comes to dating or the dating life or just looking for someone in general sometimes sometimes you have to take a step back to move forward oh oh, oh right and I will take a one minute. And does anybody else want one minute? Chrissy Marie? I was just going to say, um, I haven't checked out at Lost Black Boys page, uh, but I'm curious. I'm so curious. And I'm just um, I'm, uh, curious, but fascinated by uh, the the genuineness, the authenticity of this clip. And I want to hear this story because, you know, I I love words just as much as I love laughing. So um, at Lost Boy, thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, the world needs to see people for who they are who we are, we're people, all of us. So that's all I, that's all I have to say. All right. And I will take a one minute and say, first of all, uh, fr friend, you should get the book. It's called uh, Queer Love in Color. And I, I remember them. They are one of the featured couples 
in that book. It's a beautiful book, beautiful love stories all around. And um, I also wanted to say, oh, yes, yes, yes. So part of my thinking is like maybe finding that match is not so much about finding this mystical being on a, a great horse who will take you away and sweep you off into the night and you all live happily ever. No, I, I guess that's possible, but maybe it's also just finding a person who was not physically abusive at all because that's always a no for me. And I, I speak from experience, huh? but to find somebody who is sincere and wants to go there with you and you all just put in that work and do it together and make it happen, make it happen. Anyway, anyway. But um, anybody else want one minute? Physically or verbally or emotionally. You know, those things have to be, she, mm -hmm. the, the one lady was saying that, you know, she was, she was talking about herself, you know, and, and who she is and, I can't remember the exact word where she said. I know I just listened to it and just heard it, and I heard it before um, starting today's show. But you know, it's it's a wholeness thing. You have to, you know, know yourself. You have to be whole yourself, and of course, our completeness is our responsibility, no matter what. So you know, you, you can't complete anyone else even though you can make someone else's life a lot happier by just being in it and vice versa. You know, nobody else can complete you because you're already whole. So, you know, but do you want to spend time with somebody who's going to try to break you apart and break you down and, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and not try to build you up or not try to be a partner in, in love no, all of those things. Not never. <laughs> absolutely, Chrissy Marie. A a absolutely, and all of that is very important as well because abuse is not only physical. Physical abuse is a, a relevant point, but it's not only physical. Abuse can come in in many forms, and, right. and none of it is good. Anyway, I'm sorry. All right. And now the moment we've all been waiting, well, I, I, I don't know if we've all been waiting for it. I've been waiting for it because I, I was not clear last uh, show. So this is my chance to uh, clear it up. And. Is God opposed to abortion? There's no ban on abortion in Islam. There's no ban on abortion at any point for any reason by any method. All right, okay. In Judaism, mm -hmm. abortion is permitted. And where the pregnant person's life is at stake, it's required because the health and well-being of the pregnant person comes first. Okay, Jamie. <laughs> A little more complicated. <laughs> well, let's bear in mind that what I'm about to say is a teaching created by men who are ostensibly celibate, mm -hmm. who have no inroads or connection to the lives of women because they do not have wives, they do not have daughters. Great start. Yeah. And the Catholic Church teaches that in almost every circumstance, abortion is murder. Is it in the Bible? No.
I just presided over the Women's Health Protection Act, and sadly, the United States Senate um, did not vote where the majority of Americans are, which is the majority of Americans believe in a woman's right to make decisions about her own body. The Senate had an opportunity today to defend that right, and they failed to do so. But let's be clear, this fight is not over. And clearly, we also know that we need to elect pro-choice leaders from the local to the federal level who will defend and uphold a woman's right to make decisions about her own body. All right. So this is In My Mind, part four. And it came from the Samantha B. Full Frontal Post came from at Taraji P. Henson, fellow Howard graduate, and the com Vice President Kamala Harris post came from at VP, which is simply at Vice President VP. And I'm fine going first with this one because I, I need to clear up some stuff. So there is absolutely positively no nuance in, in my position on this. I am pro-choice, pro-choice. And it's interesting because in watching these videos repeatedly in preparation for the show today, I was like, it, something actually struck me and it, I, I was disgusted at the thought of the fact that it's like the state is telling a, a, a woman in some situations to harm herself, to give birth to this child that, and I, I'll get into that in a second, another George Carlin thing, but it's stuff like this that makes me love the Jewish faith even more because it's like in the cases where the woman is going to be harmed by giving birth, which is a, a very real possibility, they say in the Jewish faith, it is, they, it is mandatory that they have that abortion. I'm like, I know that's right. I, I am all for that. And George Carlin, I, I love quoting George Carlin because I, I love his stuff. He said that these pro-life people are not pro-life because they don't give an F about the life of the child after the child has been born. They don't care about the child if they're born into bad conditions or anything and are going to have a horrible life because of poverty and stuff like that. And they don't care about the child until the child is the age for jail. And that's not cool. And they don't care if the child is from a, a poor family. And uh, again... Oh, and, and yeah, not having any um, state-sponsored things. Like, you're going to force this person who is in no position to have a child and to afford a child, you're going to force them in that position. And those same people often, not always, but often vote against such public programs to help these children that come from these impoverished backgrounds. So no, no, um, 
Again, I'm team pro-choice, dot at the end of the sentence. That at the end of the sentence, I'm team pro-choice. Jasmine, you want to go next? Yeah, I was going to say I'm one of those babies, like a lot of people that came from that, and some people really worse, but I came from horrible stuff. And I also wanted to say if um, me, you, and, and Kev, and Chrissy, and whoever else that exists, was one of those little eggs that wasn't together to make a human in somebody's body like you came from, we wouldn't be here right now. Or we wouldn't be us if we would be somebody else or not, like non-existent. If somebody was talking about this that we are now and it was pushed to the the other generation before us and, and this was the, the generation before and they had all the great stuff we have, and this was the topic, we would be, like, not here, and we would, we're really cool people, like, whoever else that is cool in other ways, but, like, I'm, like, cool choice, but I, 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 I'm with the more life because, you know, you, you don't know that person who's going to be farming, and they can become, like, whoever, something great. You don't know, like, any baby that's, that forms, in somebody's womb and, you know, they could be a, a cool person in society or whatever. <laughs> but that's all. <laughs> that was an excellent response, Jasmine. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to say to you, okay. I, I was one of those as well, you know, and I'm definitely pro-choice. I'm definitely pro-choice, but you, somebody made a choice for you to be here. So that part, you know, that part, it could, it could go either way. You know, somebody chose to say life, and that's okay. If somebody chooses to say, nope, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to bring a life in that I can't handle because I can't even handle my own. That's okay, too. That's what makes us pro-choice. You know, and I'm glad you're here. That's my answer. Oh, let me say this about Kamala. I can see the distress and distraughtness in her face and disappointment in her face. It was all in her countenance. Just, and I'm, I'm there with her. Like, why are you trying to take anything away from women we we are the reason why life is brought forth why are you doing that somebody made choices across the board here so if a woman decides with her body i'm not ready with her emotions with her finances with whatever i'm not ready to be a mother i'm not ready to ha bring a life into this world, especially right now, really, are you right? And just like you uh, stated, Aaron, are you going to take care of these babies? <laughs> are you going to approve the programs that are going to help these impoverished children? Because we don't have the money, obviously, if we choose not to bring, you know, to bear a child. That is, should be our choice. It should be. It's not fair. Not fair. 
No matter what, it's not even like a moral issue or, or a, a religious or a spiritual issue. It's really not. You know, it's a logical thing. And definitely, in my mind, a man should understand that. That shouldn't supersede how you feel. Do what's smart. And a woman should be able to choose what's smart for her. All right. And Kevin, Jasmine, you, you can do it in the one minute. But Kevin... Um, I don't know why I just drew a blank, but, um, yeah, one thing I was thinking of earlier is I understand why all these politicians are trying to put it on the woman. Like, all right, that's the game they want to play. I right, put it on the men make the men responsible and paying the money. Since they don't want to abort a fetus. And that's my sense. Um. Jasmine, okay, okay, Jasmine. I was going to say, yeah, I agree with what she said, and Kev too, but more with Percy. And I was going to say, I don't know if y'all heard, but they said um, somewhere in the news, not like on TV, but the other way we get news, that they running out and they don't have no more Similax for the babies. I don't know why. You know, but everything you make, you want to, however you make stuff, tissue, whatever you make, phones, I don't know, all the stuff we use, I don't know how how they're out, but it sucks <laughs> for the new ladies coming in. But, I mean, hey, you have some booby milk, right? Always. You have a baby. How long did that last, So That's it. <laughs> it's some feces in the game, y'all. I, I'm sorry, Chrissy Marie. There's some feces in the game. I'm not going to say the S word because we're live and I don't know if it's appropriate or not because oh. I really value freedom of speech and I like to say whatever I want to say. But it's some feces in the game. Feces. Fecal matter. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? There's no Similac on the shelf? Well, I breastfed all four of my children. All of them. However, at some point, I had to go back to work, and it became difficult for me as a single mother, ultimately, to continue to do that. And I chose to have my children. So, and I've been working. <laughs> like, work, 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 work. Sister Rihanna? Okay. So... What's going on here? It's, it's, that's why I said that. Fecal matter in the game. Somebody, in my mind, it's like it's like a mass genocide going on, for real. Like, like, what type of control do you have to have over individuals in the land of the free? 
I just don't get me started. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not even gonna go there because we got a show to do. I'm gonna put myself on mute. All right, Chrissy Marie, and I, I just wanted to take my last minute and say, well, my one minute in this case last, that it, it really it, it's like. Kevin, I, I, I would ask, how could they put it on the man, though? Because at the end of the day, it'd be like, make him pay. But they make the man pay for things like child support and stuff. And how many people get away without paying the child support? But once that child is born, that child is here and needs support. So to say make him pay, it's like... If he doesn't, what what's gonna happen to the child? You know. So I and I I believe ultimately you were pro-choice, Kevin. But but I I just had to say that right quick. Anyway, our next topic is hashtag Verse TV. It's Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Aaron Mack. Jasmine, Houston. Kevin from Philadelphia. Hashtag Burst TV. Hashtag Burst TV. Week one. 158 